0: Uh, through the uh, the glass walls of the studio. Very cool. Yeah, uh, it, all this reminds me of um, "Oh, brother, where art thou?" When yeah, they go totally into the recording did. studio, I think it's very similar to that kind of thing, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So, like, they kind of knew, like, no, well, this is this might be a thing. Like, this is kind of a uh, people are showing up, you know, in person on Saturday night at an insurance company's offices to watch this stuff, and it kind of started to take off. Pretty quickly, and it was, I think, 1927 when George Hay famously said um, about this preceding, like, uh, radio or classical music appreciation hour that we've been listening to uh, music largely from the Grand Opera. From now on, we will present the Grand Ole Opry, and apparently everybody thought that was hysterical, and that became the name of the show from that time on, I think in December of 1927. Very cool. It is pretty cool, yeah. And so there were these weekly performances every Saturday um, at the National Life and Accident Insurance Company's headquarters, but more and more people started to show up. And I saw somewhere, Chuck, I love this. It's like a full circle irony. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the time, the the leaders the of Nashville, the heads of business and um, a lot of the other, you know, the politicians, the wealthy people who are running the show in Nashville, were trying to move the city's image in the exact opposite direction of what they were doing every Saturday night at the uh, insurance company's headquarters. Like they were trying to basically say Nashville is not – no, no mountain folk here, oh, really? no hoedowns going on here. Just we're just like every we're like New York. We're the New York of the middle of America oh, that kind of thing. Interesting. And they really resented the Grand Old Opry because it was getting more and more popular. Mm-hmm. And then finally the Grand Old Opry became so powerful and such an institution in Nashville that it in large part became the leaders of the city. And it shaped Nashville. Like, Nashville wasn't Music City until the Grand Ole Opry came along. And they were trying to take it in a different direction. The Grand Ole Opry took it in that that direction of basically establishing, like, the headquarters of country western music uh, and put Nashville on the map in that very legitimate way. It had three consecutive mayors killed. (laughs) It did. To accomplish this feat. That's right. All poisoned. (laughs) Oh, no. That's not true at all. (laughs) People who run the Grand Ole Opry that are listening right now. (laughs) Wink, wink. Yeah. I do feel like someone's (laughs) looking over our shoulder. All right. So, uh, you know what? Let's take a break and then we'll talk about kind of the change in venues over the years and how that represents the rise of the Grand Ole Opry in prominence right after this. You know, Chuck, in the 1880s, homes were actually not that bright. There was no electricity, just candlelight, firewood, and oil. And sure, it was comfy, it was cozy, but man alive, was it backwards.